0: mm and welcome back to episode four of the Kindling Rhythms podcast. Uh, if you're in one of our meeting houses today, I just want to say welcome. Um, we are in the middle of James chapter four. We're in the middle of James. We're in chapter four, and <laughs> so this sermon was, um, yeah, there was like just so many different things I wanted to say, which is always the case. Um, maybe I just like to talk a lot. I don't know. Um, but also so many, this felt like this is one of those chapters where you could spend years, um, studying closely the rest of scripture and the story of scripture, um, to understand some of the things that James is alluding to here. Uh, since none of us have years, none of us have that kind of time. Um, I'm going to do my best to recap it for us in 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) So uh, there's the big theme here, again, is James is talking about um, wholeness in our life and being fractured, what it means to be fractured or the fragmented existence and what it means to find wholeness or completeness or the word he uses sometimes is perfection in our own lives. And we do that through our relationship with God. Like that's the source of where all of this starts. And so James is going to really drive that home right now with this idea of friendship. Um, And that friendship is something that God longs for and desires for us. And so he's going to talk about here's what it looks like to be a friend of God. And here's what it looks like to not be a friend of God uh, or an enemy of God, as he puts it. And as we talked about in the sermon, um, the enemy of God loves his enemies. So that's good news for us um, who maybe struggle to always, um, bring our hearts to a place of humility or find ourselves wanting to lash out or hate others or whatever. Um, and so he'll start by talking about these people who pray selfishly with selfish, uh, I I think the best word honestly is corrupted prayers Uh, and they're praying these things because they want to achieve their own goals. And so he's, writing to a group of people that are very divided politically, they're very divided over ideology, they're very divided culturally over what to do, uh, and they're divided socioeconomically as well. Um, You had wealthy people, uh, and you had very poor people, people experiencing great poverty kind of gathering in the same place, and of course those who were experiencing poverty had an enormous, like the, the normal person had an enormous resentment towards these wealthy people because they were viewed as, um, I don't know, sort of like they were siding with the, what they, the poor people saw as the source of their oppression and they were gaining off of that. And so there's certainly some true aspects to that, but, um, James is now the pastor of this group of people and he has to convince them to love each other and to give up the fracturedness that they're living with and start to um, surrender their hearts to the love of God. And so He's with this enormous, um, enormous responsibility and, um, task set before him. And so he starts off by saying, listen, if you're praying, you're praying with the wrong motives. Um, and I think James is alluding also here. We didn't have a time to go into it in the sermon. Um, there's something Jesus says about ask and you will receive knock and the door will be open to you, right? Seek and you will find Um, but, and and that gets quoted a lot, I think for inspirational purposes, like people are like, so you just got to have faiths. You know, something I hear Christians say sometimes is like, have the faith, speak it into existence. Uh, I was like, that is not at all what either of these verses are saying. Um, that whole statement that Jesus has about seek, knock and ask, um, ask and you will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. Um, is said in the context of praying for other people's betterment. It's said in the context, Jesus says this in the context of pray for other people, seek their good and you will find it. Pray for their well-being, right? And you will receive it. Like is essentially where we're going with that. And so um, for James, this group of people who are um, using their own prayers to better themselves at the expense of others. Um, James is going to address that, and he moves quickly into um, this idea of being friends with God, which we talked about a lot, um, and this this particular verse in verse 5 is, is a tough one for a lot of reasons, but he says, do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, um, and I really think that's probably one of the one of the best translations of it everybody goes a lot of people go different directions with it um but i think what james is getting at is this idea that god's given us the privilege of being his image bearers his ambassadors his representatives it's an enormous privilege that the god the infinite god of the universe would look at us and say i want to be friends with that person i want to i want to have a relationship with that person i want to invite them to have authority and um, responsibility and privilege in my created world like it's just an enormous um, enormous privilege we've been given and so part of what god wants is to see that spirit that he's gifted us with this image that he's gifted us with um, become like him a generous giver willing to better others around at the expense of ourselves um, always willing to be compassionate and extend grace and there is, there was a quote that I did not get to read. Um, I really wanted to, but um, just time was on our, on our side. And, and there was, um, it, it was quote, it was by, um, it was by a, a man. We're not actually really sure who he is or a whole lot about him. He was just called the shepherd. Uh, and he was, he was a er, very, very early church pastor um, who essentially wrote kind of what they think is the first, I don't know, commentary on James. And he, he said, he said this, um, love the truth and let all truth come from your mouth so that the spirit that God made to live in this flesh may be recognized as true by everyone. In this way, the Lord who dwells in you will be glorified. And so those who lie reject the Lord and defraud him not handing over to him the deposit, the spirit that they received. For they received uh, for they received from a spirit that does not lie. And if they return it to him as a liar, they defile the commandment of the Lord and become defrauders. And I think he's getting at what James is getting at here is that you've been given this enormous privilege. God built you to love others and to pursue justice and give out mercy. And if you come back to him with the image that he's given you and it's selfish and it's conceited and it's all twisted up with its own desires. And, um, he says, you're the, the shepherd will use the term defrauder. Um, but I think James would say that's being an enemy of God. That's making allegiance with a world that does that. Like that's, that's how the world says this world says I take whatever I can get and once it's mine I do whatever whatever I want with it um, and that is not how God designed the world and so he'll move uh, then quickly on to um, people criticizing each other and judging each other and um, or making plans in their life without ever really considering who's in control of their life and in all of these situations um, James wants us to to acknowledge Couple of things that God is God and that we are not. And it takes humility to do that. It takes humility to say, maybe I'm not always the best steward of my own resources. Maybe I'm not always um, as loving as I need to be or the person that I should be. Like maybe I violate my own morals sometimes. Uh, Maybe I violate the morals of God sometimes. Um, Like it starts there. And when that happens, we actually can, um, something happens in our hearts where we make them available to be friends with God. Um, You know, and it's something that God in his mercy and his gentleness waits for our hearts to do. Um, And I think there's um, something beautiful about this. It's, it's like this, it's, it's this, I think of it like a, a, have you ever heard of like a self-defeating cycle? Um, Like, Dehydration, they call this. They say is a self-defeating cycle. So uh, you get dehydrated and you begin to to throw up. Like that's when you get really dehydrated. Uh, And if you've ever thrown up because you're dehydrated, like it's awful. The problem is, the more you throw up, the more you get dehydrated. And so it's like this self-defeating, self-destructive cycle where you're dehydrated, you throw up, making you more dehydrated. The more dehydrated you get, the more you throw up. And you just sort of end up in this downward spiral. Um, this whole dynamic that James is describing, I would call an upward spiral. spiral. And, and that he is saying when you humble yourselves, you become friends with God. When you don't do that, you become his enemy. Fortunately for you, God loves his enemies. And so the more you make yourself his enemy, the more he's going to shower grace and love on you. Paul will ex- say the exact same thing in Romans, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Um, and so it's like the more you make yourself an enemy, the more God's going to pour out his love and compassion for you. Uh, and the more you make yourself humble, the more you become friends with God. And so um, like, like the more arrogant you are, the more God's love will humble you. And the more humble you are, the more you are friends with God. And so it's like an upward spiral sort of. Um, And so that's where I'll I'll leave us with that tonight and the group and y'all's groups. You're going to talk about all of this. There's so many different ways that um, I don't know that we could unpack this one, but uh, I'm going to leave that up to you guys to um, wrestle with this together. So um, I love you guys. As always, please reach out if you have questions. (music)